Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. I'm Kay. And this week we are looking at Season 1, Episode 14, Can't Buy Me Love, in which Frasier enters a dating auction and winds up babysitting a model's daughter. Key, in this episode, Renata, who is the daughter of Christina, the model, uses the slang phrase, that is so fresh, which is, of course, pretty dated slang. I want to ask you this week if you can recall any examples from your own childhood slash teenage years that you where you used terms like that um i mean i've never used the phrase fresh as slang no, you all. don't strike me as someone who would say the word fresh and i think i mean that as a compliment as well <laughs> i mean i'm not sure if it's it, that maybe is more of an american thing because i do know americans have very different ways of saying things like cool and stuff like that than we do because i lived with americans at uni and oh, they used to cool. say uh, they used to say clutch all the time in in it, what sense and they go oh man that is so clutch and i'd be like like wow. such, as in a car or a handbag i don't, I don't know what <laughs> you just um, had no idea what they meant i think they meant clutch meaning cool um but yeah he, there was a, a guy i lived with and he said clutch all the time wow i ask you this because really it was my own kind of personal cringy revelation when i was watching this but i remember a time when i mean this is back when i used a nintendo ds a lot which would have been oh man i'd have been what 14 15 maybe and i i just remember i used to use the term heavy a lot i would say oh that is so heavy as in as in good like if something was heavy it was good so like i, I would just remember going to my uncle and he like he got me one of those r4 cards i don't know if you remember these but it basically had loads of chipped pirated games on the yeah DS, so you yeah. could get like loads of free games and he would put one of them on for me and i'd be like oh that is so heavy and he'd always go no actually it's quite light and he'd like he'd like <laughs> fake his hands as scales of the ds just completely owning me as a stupid little kid using these these terms and i wasn't even i wasn't even a kid i was in my mid-teen years See, um, that's... but yeah no this Fresh is also one I'm not very used to, but I'm glad to hear that you're uh, you're someone who doesn't use much much slang like that anymore. I'm that's glad good. to say heavy has been left in the dust. Yeah, I mean, heavy sounds like quite that's 80s slang, isn't it? Because I remember in Back to the Future, doesn't he always say, "Man, that's heavy." Quite. I think I think yeah, I don't I I think I must have got it from somewhere. I mean, I didn't watch Back to the Future until I was like 19, um, which is horrible to admit to me <laughs> ages to see to see Back to the Future. But yeah, I don't know where I got it from, but maybe I was channeling the ghost of Marty McFly in some way. So that's quite nice in many regards. Um, before we jump into Trivia Corner this week, we have a few things to clear up. This isn't something to clear up, actually. This is just something I wanted to mention. But we haven't had Navosa for like four episodes. So the, I haven't forgot about the coffee count. I have gone back and checked the numbers. I'm fairly certain we're still at 17 coffees drank, drunk by the main five cast in Navosa. But yeah, I mean, have you noticed we've been pretty light on Navosa these last few weeks? I have actually. I made a note today. We don't get any callers into the show this week at all for Frasier. Don't. I didn't notice that, actually. And no Navosa at all. And then I noticed as well, oh, yeah, it was when I realized. Realized that. I was like, oh, actually, we've not had Navosa for a few weeks now. I don't think. Yeah, it's, it's quite. I'm surprised actually. It must be a good. Was it four weeks or so? We've not. Yeah, it's had quite Navosa. unorthodox. Maybe we're going to get like a big. Well, I mean, we have the ultimate Navosa episode at the end of the season, but maybe in the coming weeks we're going to get a bit of a bit more coffee action on our cards. And also, one thing I do want to clear up is we didn't talk about last week the Guess Who's Coming to Breakfast title of the episode. What it was a reference to. Are you able to tell me what it's a reference to? I want to say, is it a reference to Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? I think. Yes, is that... it is. Can yeah. you tell me what year that film came out? Just an impromptu trivia question here. Oh, God, no. Uh, I'm gonna... This could be, end... I could be decades out. I'm going to say 1969. And I could... Oh, my God, you're two years out. Oh, 67. Really? So close. Catherine Hepburn, Sydney Poitier, an absolute stellar cast, but I've not wow. seen it. I don't know anything I've, about I've it. I've 
not seen it. No, I just know it as because it, I think it gets played quite a lot for episode titles of TV shows. Yeah, but it I does. It I feel like I've really. heard it a few times before. Um, we can talk about this title um, or what it's referenced to a little bit later on. Don't have to spoil that just yet. But are you ready to tuck yourself into Trivia Corner this week, Kay? I am indeed. Right. I've got this week some questions from our good friend. It's not actually from Coffee this week. It is from Corey, I believe his name is, otherwise known as Mischief Knight. I did mention him in the last episode. He actually, before he poses questions, he did bring up a, uh, a response to something we talked about last week about who is the horniest member of the Crane family between Fraser and Niles. And he says, in his opinion, Fraser is definitely the hornier one. And he cites Caitlin, the uh, the girl who, quote, cuts her hair and howls at the moon. So in his, in his humble opinion, and I think we both agreed that Fraser was as well, did we not? Yeah, I completely agree. I, say, I think I said something along the lines that uh, I think Niles is more infatuated and, and the romantic, whereas I think Fraser is a bit more of the, the hornier at the top. Yeah, we definitely, it's, it's, a, it's a wormhole we could have spent all week dissecting and jumping down, I think. But uh, it's nice to have someone weighed in there. But he sent three questions in. Uh, I'm just going to read out his comment to you now because this, this made me smile and I think you'll like this. So he put, let's see if my coffee with Niles and I can team up some trivia stumpers. I was question for question going to offer the same ones last week. So great minds must be thinking alike. Maybe both of us can trip up our wonderful and wonderfully Frasier knowledgeable hosts. That I haven't made that up. That is a quote. Uh, very kind of him to say. Uh, and he says we can try to be the Carlos and the chicken to their Frasier and the Niles, which I think we definitely need a Carlos and a chicken. To definitely love check. it. So hopefully those two kind of pranksters can fill the void. But here is questions, RK. Get ready. Okay. Question number one. When Martin convinces Frasier to rope Bulldog into the auction, where does Frasier claim he will leave the note to ask Bulldog? Oh, yeah. Ringing a bell, is it? Yeah. Oh, God. I remember. <sighs> okay. Good start, this. He's got you on the ropes. Okay, it's. I want to say it's a, it's a dog reference, isn't it? Oh, oh, okay. Oh, I do think I'm not. Yeah, okay. Is it his hydrant? It is his hydrant. Yes, a nice yes. reference there to the fact he's a dog. Oh, he pisses on the street. Yeah. God, yeah I think it just creates a wonderful, a really nice imagery, actually. I just, I've pictured it beautifully when he said it. Yeah, I can see Bulldog cocking his leg and doing that. <laughs> it's just he's the kind of just disgusting person to do that. But yeah, cracking key. Got one out of three. Get ready for question two. For what publication? Did Christina just do a big modelling layout? Oh, God. Um, I feel I should know this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just... This is a good question. I struggled with this. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Vogue, and it could be completely wrong. It's not. It's Seattle style, and I'm not actually sure if that's a real magazine or whether it's one they, they came up with for this episode, just for that line. But I imagine it is almost identical to Vogue in many respects. But yeah, Seattle style was the answer we're looking for there. Unlucky key. And the third question, this one is tough. Oh, this God. one you need to have been paying attention to your oh, title God. cards. Oh, no. Which I was not attention. doing. <laughs> which of this episode's many title cards was yeah. also the name of another episode oh, of Frasier? Oh, no. I thought you were going to say something else. Um... Because I know one was driving Miss Daphne, and I thought you were going to say, what was another film reference? Oh, the reference to that. I can tell you this episode's in season three, if that is of any help to you. It's... I mean, it just narrows it down to one out of 24, mate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to give you any more clues beyond that, Key. You're on your own I, here. See, I never pay attention to the title cards because you never ask them as questions. No, I don't, so, actually. I feel like they're, they're, they're too... I don't know. I mean, I, I love how challenging they are. I just guess I, I sometimes just forget to, to make any notes of them. But I think if you can't get this one, maybe I should pay more attention. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to guess purely on possible. Okay. Season three, she's the boss. 
Maybe that works. She's the boss. It's not. It's no. shrink wrap. I'm afraid. Oh, shrink wrap. God. I'm trying to remember what the episode is about. I seem to recall it opening with Niles and Frasier on kind of adjoining therapy chairs, speaking to the same therapist. But I could be completely misremembering, and it's a different episode. Is it? It's not the one, is it? Where they're all having their different flashbacks. It could be. Um, and if it is that one, then I think it does start with that because that's the setup for their flashbacks. Um, yeah. But again, we might be conflating two episodes there. I'm not quite sure what I'm remembering, but. Three excellent questions there. So thank you so much to Corey for those. Um, really, really cracking stuff. He also just left a little note saying thanks again for inviting all the fans of the podcast to quote call in and be part of the fun. If there is a way to actually have people call in live, I, we or we need to look into doing that because we could invite people into the Discord potentially. They could pop in for like 10, 20, 30 seconds. We could have a little little gag skit with them. They could even ask their questions live on air, um, and we could get like a little meta Fraser thing going, which I think would be really nice. But yeah, okay, should we jump into our questions? Yeah, do you want to take, take the, the lead? lead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, my first question then. Lay it on me. What was TJ Smith's nickname? Oh, he is the the NFL player, isn't he? In yeah, the, he's a, uh, a, line, a linebacker. Room. I think he is. Oh, I can remember Martin saying he's like left two quarterbacks for dead or something. Yeah. It, it, the idea is that he's got a tough nickname because he, he ends up wimping out. Feel like it might be something like Steamroller or something. Well, you're not far off. Um, what is it? It's the Enforcer. Oh, the Enforcer. Steamroller is a great nickname, though. <laughs> he's a wonder. I'd want to be called yeah. that. <laughs> um, that's a good question, Key. Well played. You've uh, you've stumped me at the first post there. So let's see if I can get you back. Who did Bulldog introduce Roz as when she went into his boo on a previous occasion after she'd left something in there and he kind of accosted her live on air? Okay, Who did he I... introduce Roz as to his listeners? I think I do know this one. Is it Martina Navratilova's girlfriend? Yes, it is. And I was also going to follow up by saying, can you tell me who she is? But I know you're going to know that because we're both yeah. massive fans of this sport. But what do yeah. you say anyway? Uh, tennis player, former world number one, multiple Grand Slam winner. Yeah, she's won like, what, seven Wimbledons or something? I mean, yeah. other Grand Slams as well. She's one of the one of the most decorated tennis players of all time. But yeah, she's she's cracking. Um, and we should just say, <laughs> me and Key love tennis. And very, very sad that Wimbledon has been cancelled this year. But of course, needs must um, during these weird times. Okay, Key, lay your second question. Okay, question number two. How much mm-hmm. was Frasier bought for at the auction? Oh my God, I did or not rented, I suppose. I'm not sure. this. I, I mean, I, I, I've kind of completely blanked that it was real money they were bidding with. <laughs> I thought it might be like, you know, kind of the thing where you, you trade in some money for chips or you get kind of little tokens. I don't know. I'm going to guess how much would someone be willing to pay for Frasier? $600? Oh, uh, $500. Oh my God. I pulled 600 out of nowhere. <laughs> out so of close. Pure curiosity. Do you, do you remember Bulldogs? How much he went for? <laughs> no, but I remember Daphne bid. She's the only one to bid. <laughs> I'm guessing it's going to be like five to ten dollars. One hundred dollars. One hundred dollars, blind. It's a lot higher than I would I'm expect. I'm sure that's what it was. to open the bidding with. Yeah. Um, um, who knew no, that I, would I, be the only bid? I believe you. Okay, my second question. Let's see if I can get you here. Bulldog refers to the Giants and the Saints when he's kind of tricking Frazier into giving an answer. Can you tell me what states those teams are from? And I'll give you a bonus point if you can tell me what the full name of the NFL team is as well. Okay, right. I've never seen NFL. My my knowledge okay. of NFL goes is from sitcom references. Yeah, that is basically where mine comes from as well. I, I cannot um, watch it, but I love the kind of idea of it to 
sound like a massive nerd. <laughs> I'm going to say, I think I've heard of the New York Giants. I could be mixing I, 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 That's definitely the team I'm thinking of. I didn't double check this, but I'm almost certain the New York Giants are an NFL team. Okay. Um, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to Google it now. Oh, I have no are, idea. Okay. The Saints. I mean, we talked about Notre Dame last week. That, that maybe Saints does a religious theme there, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, I'm also trying to think of places beginning with S because of alliteration, because that's what I'd do. Um, oh, I'll give you a clue. It's not alliterative. Um, oh, okay. And their logo is a fleur de lis, I think. Um, oh. So if that is of any, if you've seen a fleur de lis on any kind of insignia or something, then that might help. I'm thinking, am I right in thinking that New Orleans has like a French background? Is, not, is, that, they, your, is that your answer? I'll say New Orleans, yeah, but I'm not even sure they've got it. You are it. bang on, kids. <laughs> New Orleans <laughs> Saints. Yes, obviously the answer I was looking for, the state New Orleans is in. Can you tell me that? Um, I thought New Orleans was a state. <laughs> <Is it not? laughs> New Orleans is in Louisiana, but I'm going to give you the point anyway. Oh. Excellent work there, Key. Well played. Oh, God. Okay. My third question. Hit me. Who was running slash set up the auction? Hi, God. Again... Martin obviously is the one who asks Frazier. It's on behalf of a friend of his. I have a feeling if it's a friend of his, is it going to be for the police? Um, I'm going to take a wild stab at like an ex-police commissioner friend of Martin's or something. Any ideas for a name? Oh, bugger me. Uh, <laughs> does it begin with T? <laughs> no, it begins... Um, I'll give you a clue. The initials are JL. JL. Oh, Man alive. I'm just going to guess. Jackson Levine. <laughs> okay. Um, you're, <laughs> you're, correct on your, you're correct on your thinking. It is an old buddy from the force. Okay. Um, he was doing it for widows and orphans. <sighs> and it's Joe Linsky. Joe Linsky. A really noble cause from Joe Linsky there. Yeah, and I'm just, Joe. I did, did I get a single one of your questions right then? I didn't, did <laughs> um, I? Jesus Christ, that was <laughs> awful. People watching this are going to think I know nothing about this show. They're like, what the hell did you decide to co-host a podcast about a show you know nothing about? Key, you've absolutely lampooned me here. I've got one final question for you. Let's, let's just lay it out. What does Bulldog say before walking out to the auction probably my easiest question i think okay now i'm not sure if we're on about the same bit the, the bit sticks in my head he says to daphne we need i need to take a squirt then we'll go play fetch that's a great line but actually before he goes out and is bid on by daphne he says ladies start your engines and then he leaves which is oh, a very okay. typical bulldog line uh, yeah but yeah well Kate, you still you still boss those questions um <laughs> And you took care of Corey's as well. You played you play very well, my friend. Well done. Thank you um, very much. So we opened this episode with Bulldog at KACL. We've already mentioned there's no kind of Frasier KACL segment, no callers calling into the show, which is always a bit jarring. But just a really nice change of pace, I think, to open with Bulldog. And it really reminded me of how much I miss him in later seasons because once you hit kind of season four onwards, he just vanishes, really. Um, he's only a, he's a bit part kind of character, and I just think, yeah, really nice to open with him. Yeah, I think this is a really nice episode for Bulldog. I think it's it's Bulldog at his best. It's just it's the perfect amount. He's he's in it enough that you can you really I don't know I really like the personality that he puts across in it without him becoming his his personality doesn't dominate the episode, but it's just mm. it's a very nice side dish in a way. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. It is I I just kind of thinking back to it although he he does appear in the episode a lot i, I haven't really thought of it in the terms of it being a bulldog episode because obviously the the focus is on frazier but he is he has the entire b plot kind of dominated 
and it is a pretty boardwalk heavy episode. And I just, I guess, I've missed these ones. And the kind of episodes we're used to him dominating later in the show, it usually involves Roz in some way. Or I'm thinking of the one, is it Love Bites Dog, where he falls in love with the the, the golf player. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just his his personality is really, he's just yeah, he's kind of cheeky and laddish again, but really affable and just kind of enjoyable in this. Um, just yeah, I just like the fact that he opens with him kind of lampooning Frasier by asking like the whole thing was like, who who are you going to bet on? The Giants of the Saints, like oh, the Giants. You're kidding, the Saints. You're kidding. Just like that is just something you can do to anyone who doesn't know sport, and you immediately make them look like an idiot. But you're also, it's just so mean. Like I obviously I meet lots of people from all walks of life who don't watch football, and you know when when you meet someone who does watch football, it's a very common language to just kind of trade immediately. You've got a foot in with them. But like I would never do this to someone to just make them feel like crap. I mean, you're very knowledgeable about football. How do you respond when you meet someone who knows? nothing about it i honestly just don't discuss football if if they don't know i'm not okay <laughs> let me watch tennis instead i'm not formula one but um you just cycle through the tier of sports i mean where do you start on golf key this is a massive tangent we don't have to we don't have to spend long on this but where do you stand on golf oh i'm cautious as to who might listen to this but i'm gonna be honest with you mate i'm not a huge fan of golf that's um, fine that is fine i know you entitled to that opinion my shan's dad is a big golf fan so really i've does watched he, play? he does yeah um yeah. and I've, I've watched golf with him but for me i'm not a huge fan i'm gonna be honest it's just it's too slow paced for me i, I don't know if i'm not that, that is precisely the reason i love it like when the masters is on it is the most quiet meditative thing to throw on and just lie on the sofa all day and chill like just the sand in the trees the wind all those lovely green kind of vistas i'm a horrible golf player and i, I don't play at all but whenever i go to the driving range which is rare i'm abysmal and i wouldn't want to play because you're always kind of holding up a bunch of like old dudes who just like old rich dudes old rich white dudes who basically <laughs> own the golf club and yeah you just kind of get in their way i would never want to play in that kind of environment but i love watching it so yeah i kind of i'm the same as you football tennis golf those are the three i kind of cycle through and then if people don't respond to any of them i have to kind of well do you, do you watch fraser but yeah well also, i mean I'll, I'll watch the majors if they're on and there's nothing else on okay but like i'm not watching the stuttgart open or anything like oh that. no i'm the I'm the same as you. I say I watch golf. I, I watch the majors. I don't watch kind of when the PJ tours on and it's all over the place. Um, I tend I tend not to watch because it's normally like stupid times when I'm, I'm out at uni or whatever. That's One thing I will say, people are going to be I, turning off the podcast. <laughs> I do love the Ryder Cup just because I love the. Oh, Oscar that's game. this year as well, yeah. isn't it? But obviously been I, delayed. But yeah, the yeah. Ryder Cup's amazing because I think the rivalry between the US and I know it's between Europe. But I always feel like there's a particular edge between the US and the UK in sport. Um, yeah, because of the quote special relationship. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's always that's always fun. Um, we have back at Fraser's apartment a great little interaction between Niles, Martin, and Daphne. Niles arrives. Maris has just got on the plane to Chicago. He said goodbye to her. She's he, got on the he's... train, hasn't she? she oh, she's got on the train. Sorry. Experience on oh, the plane. Yeah. <laughs> that was it because she still wakes up screaming. I've got that line for a little bit later. Um, he says, "You know how desolate I am without my Maris," and then just immediately after, Daphne goes champagne like. He He's just he's bought champagne over. Does he does he say why why Maris is going to Chicago? Because I must have missed this if he did. 
I don't think she did. I've got the... Uh, sorry, he did, rather. I don't, I don't think so. We could play a few games guessing why she would possibly have gone to Chicago. I mean, if you were to hazard a guess, where would you kind of settle on this? I think she's gone to see... Oh, what was her name? The aunt. You know, she's in the book. That she does G-speak. What was her name again? Oh, uh, um, Aunt Patrice. Oh, she, I think she's got to see Aunt Patrice, yeah. That's really, that's actually a lovely B plot. I think we should write that episode. Maris and Aunt Patrice out <laughs> of the town in Chicago. But also, something I want to just draw your attention to here. This gets brought up a lot, I think, on kind of threads on the Reddit, on the Fraser Fan Club Facebook page of kind of minor inconsistencies. Martin's playing chess here. Yes! And yeah, he knows how to play chess here as well because he talks about a bishop being replaced. Obviously, one of my favourite episodes, it's not in my top 10, so that's not a spoiler, um, is chess paints. And obviously, Martin doesn't know how to play chess in that episode. Fraser has to teach him. So, what you just kind of what are your responses to this? And also, while you're at it, can you tell me what your opinion on chess is generally? Do you enjoy playing? Okay, so I'll answer your second question first. I love chess, actually. Oh, big, big man, chess me fan. too. So I'm really happy to hear that. Continue. Um, I'm someone who I'm. I think I'm quite working class about chess. And I play chess, but I don't study it like some people do. I'm very the same. I'm very um, much the same. I love the tactics of playing and sitting down to play like it's the perfect quarantine game because you just or like if it's raining outside you just set up the board but yeah i'm not one to kind of get bogged down in the maths of it like i know that's how you're meant to play like proper tactician but i just i just like kind of trying my trying my hand trying my luck yeah because i once went for an interview and um and i was everyone else there was much much more social elite than i was put it like this <laughs> and they were all discussing like different chess strategies and things like that and they looked at me and went so what do you favor and oh the, my only, God, what the only horrible question to honestly, be asked before an interview the only chess move i know is the sicilian approach the and sicilian I, approach i don't know what that approach is all i know is the name and i just looked and went yeah are you a favor the Sicilian approach and he looked at me the room <laughs> stopped and everyone went you're a bit, you're a bit of a risk taker aren't you I was like yeah you immediately set yourself like, up for the job by doing that they just, I just imagine them coming out of the kind of office and saying you there Sicilian get in there <laughs> you're hired um, yeah I have a lovely Alice in Wonderland themed chess set actually but no one in the house knows how to play and I, I keep joking my mom I'm going to teach her how to play because we, you know we're in lockdown here there's no better time to learn um, but yeah really it got bought for me for like a secret Santa one year. It's just this really, really lovely hand-carved Alice in Wonderland set. I don't have a board for it. Um, that's the kind of thing I need to get next. But yeah, I really love chess. Um, also have the app Chess Time, which I, I play on. If anyone listening also who loves Frasier, who also loves chess, let me know on Reddit and we can add each other and we can play each other on a, on Chess Time. Great. I mean, I'm downloading um, the app as I speak. <laughs> you're downloading. Excellent. Well, we will so have to play each other. It's brilliant. You can play live, but you can... all. That's a separate app called Chess Time Live, which I only got yesterday. But this one, you basically have like 24 hours to take your turn. So it's really slow paced, but like you just kind of take your turn whenever you're ready. So sometimes so it... it might be back and forth if you're both not doing anything. Or sometimes it could be like, I won't hear from the other person for 12 hours. Um, so it's a bit what, like what the version of Words with Friends for Scrabble. Essentially, it's basically like that. It's it's just it's just really, it's just really great. Uh, you, can, you have like a rank and it keeps track of your rank as well. So you can play against people who are similar level to you just really good vibe so we I'll will have to what, play each other we're we gonna will, get to the next stage. week we'll be able to let people know who won the first battle between us yeah the I'm end scared. of the first season we're gonna be successful enough that we'll have a we're listening chess tournament where <laughs> everyone logs in that we do would rounds. be 
unbelievable. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we have the incontinuity error, the continuity error, rather, of Martin playing chess. Then we have that fantastic line I've already quoted where Niles talks about Maris had an awful experience at a flight. She got bumped from first class that he says. She's been afraid to fly since her harrowing incident. Oh, dear. Did a plane almost crash? No, no, she was bumped from first class. <laughs> she still wakes up screaming. <laughs> I've just got to put a little line here on my on my Word document. I just think this episode starts really strongly, and I think it's a really strong episode across the board. But yeah, I just think, I don't know, do you agree that it starts really well? Yeah, I think so. And I, I think it, there's a really nice little... They feel like they've really got them up to speed fast in this episode, and the, the back and forth is there very quickly. I mean, I really like the way that Niles is watching the interaction in this scene between Martin and Frasier. And mm. he's sort of taking the mick, oh, give him a break if he backpedals any faster, he'll trip over his walk. <laughs> yeah, I like that. They're kind of the two ganging up on him a little bit. Yeah, and I think I think all of the main cast do their jobs really, really well. And I don't think there's a lot of episodes where we see people and someone's not necessarily in it that much. Or, you know, I think I think this is possibly Daphne's strongest episode to date. I think she's fantastic in this episode. I completely um, agree with that. I also, it's to skip ahead a little bit, um, but we have like Roz isn't in this episode much which I think is a shame but obviously you can only do so much in 22 minutes but when she is here when she when she jumps at the door saying where do I pay after she's won the TJ Smith at the, in the auction and then like he tries to leave and she just says stay like he's a dog yeah, I just I think mean, like even all even just the way she poses in the doorway like Perry Gilpin's given barely anything to do in this episode and she absolutely like hits it on a nail on the head and kind of the way she performs that kind of segment yeah I mean what I've actually written down I put down Roz is amazing just the way she <laughs> enters and then I actually crossed it out and put the, the women are amazing I love the different entrances by the three women we see you know we see Roz come in as this like savage beast you know <laughs> just ready for, for her meal <laughs> uh, we see Christina as this like very debonair beautiful sophisticated and then Daphne come in looking absolutely shell shocked <laughs> like, absolutely it's so loved. true they've, they've handled so well you, one thing that just grinds my gears a little bit is obviously I've got some things to say about Christina a little bit later um, and kind of whether or not we're meant to agree completely with the moral of the episode that she actually is a good mom or not but yeah like she she's actually a really good fit for Frasier like classy she's intelligent just generally her vibe is like in the scenes where they're talking it's like they're kind of the equal of one another and kind of just intelligence wise and Frasier actually seems like the less dominant of the two and that's just testament to how well you know the, the actor playing Christina is I don't know her name but just yeah I think I think she's a really dominant and, and good character and, and potentially would have been a good kind of maybe a, a relationship that lasts a few episodes and then falls apart as is often the case in sitcoms I don't know if you agree I'd actually I'd love to have seen a lot lot more of Christina I mm. loved her in this episode I think she's fantastic yeah. I, I disagree with her at the end of the episode I'm not sure about but we'll get to that later on but yeah I'd yeah. have liked to have seen her character a lot more yeah yeah no she's uh, she's definitely interested and probably the most one of the more interesting kind of love interests of Frasier that we've had so far. Uh, look, we have when he's at the auction before he's kind of gone out and he's got pre-match nerves, so to speak. He's a little bit jittery. He he kind of jokes to to Bulldog that you know Fraser Crane does not put out and like you know these women aren't gonna aren't gonna kind of get me for for, for sex. We're gonna you know I'm just gonna give them a nice meal or whatever. This just really strikes me as just completely out of character because he that's all he would be 
interested in like three seasons time if this episode happened three seasons down the line Frazier is doing it for one reason and one reason only and I just think I just think yeah he's being very moral here but I don't agree with him that he's not after sex yeah I think for me I think it's sort of nerves that he's sort of downplaying it because in case he doesn't get picked or he doesn't get chosen that Hmm. he's making seem that he doesn't care or he's not that into it or something like that that was sort of my reading of it Um, I think so yeah it's just yeah I just think knowing what we know about him and just debating last week about who is hornier between him and him and Niles I just think yeah like I I can't imagine going to one of those things and I mean obviously the joke is when he sees Christina he starts to think you know what was I thinking saying I'm not going to put out this woman is like the most beautiful woman I've ever seen so just I love the the line from Martin if the bidding gets slow drop a quarter quarter and take a couple of minutes to pick it up and he actually slaps Fraser on the arse when he says it just a brilliant moment between those two and also really unexpected as well. I love Martin's line, you show these women a little celebrity beefcake and they go nuts up. <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, Martin doesn't do much in this episode. But I think he's really strong when he does crop up, I think. Yeah, and I think in this scene it works so, so well because everyone else in the room has this nervous energy and you get him as sort of the one who's rousing them and trying to <laughs> yeah. get them up for it. I think it works so well. He reminds me of, I'm not sure what the term is, but kind of the women that run like bordellos or like brothels. Um, <laughs> they have an official term. Is it like the madam or something like that? Yeah. I don't, I don't quite know. But he reminds me of that, the way he's going around, he's pep talking TJ's smith he's slapping fraser on the ass <laughs> he's just like yeah he's like these are my guys they're here for my you know from because i asked them to be here yeah i just think it's a shame he doesn't kind of have more to do in this episode but you know as i have already said they've only got so much space to work with so ultimately plot wise christina wins fraser fraser doesn't know that she's won him until she walks in obviously she's incredibly attractive and fraser starts thinking all his christmases have come at once what a great idea to end this auction she comes over to his house later that saturday night i can't remember what day it is does he open when he opens the door is it italian he speaks to her in or or french i thought it was italian but i don't know if you clock this i, I thought it was spanish to be honest <laughs> you thought it was spanish either way it's a it's kind of a, a latin european whatever a, a language but it's so cringy <laughs> i mean what i will say just before we come on to this i love the way he looks uh fraser looks at bulldog and says that's my owner yeah that was bought. something i'd kind of jotted down there's loads of references to animals throughout here like we have like bulldog no tj smith's on about the sharks it's like sharks at a feeding frenzy bulldog in general is just whenever he's around there are animal metaphors then you have Roz saying stay like like tj smith is a dog then you have fraser saying you know she's my owner like he is a dog just yeah like a very horny episode of a lot of like animalistic kind of imagery going around here so fraser also at this point he owns a restaurant trolley do you think the joke is he actually owns it or has he hired it and he's trying to cover up the fact that he's that he's bought one, uh, that he's hired one. I think he's he's just rented it and he's trying to cover up for the fact that he's he's gone to way too much effort for this date. Because I think it is plausible he would own one in it some is, way. It is plausible. Uh, and given that how much he has people around and has little functions at his house or uh, mm. his flat, that it, it's definitely realistic that he would own one. But I just, I like the idea. I just had this vision of someone, basically me, whenever you would expect it just to do a five minute presentation and you show up with mounds of research. <laughs> um, and you realise you've just completely overdone it. You just completely, yeah, you've overprepared. He's got the restaurant trolley. He's got everything set up. And... One thing that strikes me weird about this is that I, I know that um, 
when like behind the sofa there's like the step up to the to the kind of where the balcony is and then that kind of that step up is also by the dining room table as well and obviously where you kind of come down from the piano to the dining room table it's an extremely impractical apart to own a dinner trolley you know any wheels in because like it's got like those levels to go up and down like you'd have to kind of move it over and up and down and like yeah i mean presumably you just kind of keep it on one level i guess but i just think yeah his apartment isn't all flat on one level so maybe a restaurant trolley wasn't the best purchase i don't know i love the idea that he gets his guests to help out like i'm sorry but we need to get this up the steps yeah um, like, come on there's, there's, a, there's a brisket in here lift <laughs> like yeah i mean that would actually make a, a fantastic episode like something centered around a restaurant trolley foible in his apartment just one of the many kind of stupid ideas i think you could actually turn into a really kind of competent fraser episode so obviously the main plot point of this episode for those kind of following along is that christina has to go to a modeling job she can't stay for the date and she has brought her nine-year-old daughter renata along no i don't know she's nine at some no, point i don't think she's nine in this, in this episode but, yeah, she's, uh, 12, she, yeah she's 12 she's 12 yeah. and she brings over renata for fraser to look after would you in this position if a woman like christina was on the carts not to phrase that in a horribly <laughs> misogynistic way would you babysit renata yes <laughs> if a woman like christina was going to spend any kind of time with me i would babysit her daughter <laughs> i would babysit white snake if it meant christina um yeah white snake the name of the dog ridiculous we'll come back to that later um but yeah renata renata actually has um she's a bit of an annoying character in many ways i really she's the one part of this episode i don't like that much and that's pretty stupid to say because she's integral to the plot of the the episode but what what are you gonna say what's quite weird for me is i actually i remember her coming into this episode and i thought oh god i'm not gonna like renata but watching it back again i actually quite liked her this time around i'm not quite sure really well why do you think that was i don't know i just i love the fact that she had all her friends calling Um, i I love the the no way and the way that fraser has his own little no way at the end i really like that whole parallel (laughs) and, and that little bit no way no way that is so fresh no way no way no way and I, I think Renata's actually got a really good point. Like, the way she turns around to Frasier, she goes, you know, you could be... Like, she, he could, she's left me with someone who could be a complete perv. I was going to bring this up. I, I, yeah, I, I think she's got a point. We, you know, she doesn't know Frasier. She absolutely has got a point. Like, the, the moral of this episode is that, actually, Renata was lying. Christina is a good mom. Like, that is very much how the writing... That's the path the writing leads us down. We're meant to come away from this thinking, oh, my God, Christina was actually a great mom and super hot Frasier what have you done letting her go but the the joke i just think looking back at it she doesn't know fraser at all i mean admittedly yes he's a celebrity who has a reputation for being like supportive and and, and empathetic but you wouldn't leave your 12 year old daughter in a kind of near penthouse apartment miles from help like with a stranger like for one night i just think it's absolutely insane and then later in the episode when she comes back she sends her down on her own to go and meet Sandy in the car. And I just think, you know, unless he's parked directly out front of the door, she's sending out a 12-year-old kid to go and find a parked car in Seattle at night and stuff. And I just think, yeah, she's not she's not the best. Yeah, I mean, as, as well, as much as we can say, oh, well, he is a celebrity, 
I think we've all learned over the last few years that just because someone is a celebrity, we do not trust them. Absolutely. Um, I mean, so... Operation U-Tree in this country <laughs> has pretty much popped the bubble that celebrities are, yeah, kind of saintly human beings. If anyone listening doesn't know what Operation U-Tree is, please don't Google it because <laughs> you'll, uh, it's it's a scary wormhole to go down. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I agree. I, I agree. I know I said Renata gets on, my, gets on my pip a little bit, but her one really funny line is when she's she takes a call from someone for Frazier and just goes he'll call you back just the way she says that and hangs up he'll call you back she's so confident and cocky I mean I cannot what were you like as a 12 year old were you anything like Renata I don't think so no I think if you'd have put me in someone else's house I'd have sat in the corner and not spoken a word I think that, that's exactly what I was like but I'm haunted by one particular moment where I very much became the Renata of a situation is I was I'm not going to name who it is but it's a mutual friend of ours from school and I was probably about eight years old maybe even younger than that and we went I went around to his for dinner and I was eating the main dish whatever had been served and I didn't really like it and I was kind of like I left it and then a mom was like and then his mom sorry was like uh oh you know if you, if you don't finish that you know you won't get your dessert or something the, the typical kind of parental thing to get me to eat the veg and I was just like oh you know what I don't want this I want the dessert now like kind of slam my hands on the table <laughs> and it was so out of character and so not like me I mean, even though I was that young i can still remember the way she looked at me when i did that and it mortifies me and i mean i have known this woman for, for all my life and she does not remember it because we get like a house on fire always have but for some reason it's always stuck with me that you know you're, you're only ever one phrase away from becoming renata i think that's I, a real I fun love, to live by i love there's a vision of her out there in the world somewhere just going you know will carroll <laughs> oh what i tell you <laughs> i've already got a story for you he's not all he's cracked up to me <laughs> Absolutely horrifying, but yeah, that that's more Renata moment. Um, but another fantastic line from Frasier here, when she's like, "That was Tiffany Schwartz." I'm now talking to Tiffany Martinez, and he says, "I celebrate the ethnic mosaic that is America, but like enough is enough." Takes the phone off her. Just a brilliant piece of writing. Like to do that with just two surnames, I just think, oh yeah, phenomenal. That that's my pick of the of the best line of the episode. If you were going to pick one, do you do you have one? I'll put you on the spot so immediately Best line of the episode um that one just while we're here i have to kind of just underline that one as, as my fave i just think it's fantastic really do like martin's line about celebrity beefcake <laughs> it's, it's such a line it's, it's not a martin line at all for me I, I, <laughs> yeah. it's so weird coming out of his mouth that i really really like it like, he's kind of getting wrapped up in the horniness of it all as well um i just think yeah like, fantastic yeah so that's your pick that's your pick that's mine the ethnic mosaic two great lines but yeah my next bullet point was about the fact that Fraser could be a, a total perv it's very reckless of then we have the the cookie dough incident where he just there's something so satisfying in the way he slices the cookie dough so aggressively <laughs> with a knife just splits the roll of cookie dough in half and I mean, are you familiar with Chekhov's gun in literature like what Chekhov's gun is oh yeah yeah so I was basically I knew when he sliced that cookie dough in half even though he gave obviously I knew this on subconscious level because I've seen the episode before but even when I first see this when he gives her the two pieces to eat and he's like you know stick that in your pipe and smoke it part of me was always like the fact it's been divided into two meat suggests to me he's going to eat some at some point 
And hey, presto, five minutes later, when he's pretty depressed about Christina, he's sitting at the table eating cookie dough with her. I mean, I this is also, I think raw cookie dough gets way more airtime on American TV than I think is normal. Like we, I, I, I don't know what our equivalent over here is, but raw, eating raw cookie dough really isn't a, much of a UK thing. I don't think I've ever eaten raw cookie dough. Can you can you tell me I've, if you've ever, no, ever eaten any? I don't think I've ever had it raw, no. And we no. definitely don't get it in these, like... In, sort of the big sort of round things that they get it in where they just seem to sort of squeeze it out and, and eat it like they, they are in this. It's like industrial Although, size, like toothpaste, that tube that she's eating. Although I do, as I say that, Sharon has just looked at it when you can buy it at Tesco and Asda. So oh, apparently... okay, there you go. So we're just talking out of our arse, basically. Cookie dough is massive oh. in the UK. Ben apparently, and Jerry's ice cream, obviously. Apparently you get it in a plastic wrap, <laughs> like butter. Really? Apparently so, yeah. Wow. What I'm I mean, obviously, Ben and Jerry's ice cream is American, but it's very much a staple over here as well. Cookie dough ice cream flavor of that yep. is uh is pretty is pretty popular. So maybe I'm doing it a disservice. Um, but yeah, I, f- I feel like I've I've, I've seen cookie dough in, in some respects more than more than it's normal in American sitcoms. White Snake reference here. Are you familiar with who White Snake are? Am I right in thinking they're a band? I, they I'm, are a band. Yes, I've, I've heard of them. them. I don't think I've ever listened to them. Whenever I think of them, all I think of is I don't know if you ever played Grand Theft Auto or Vice City. Yeah. But there is a fictional punk band in that called Love Fist. And I think Love Fist are very much like a, a joke riff on bands like this, basically. Uh, Motley Crue, White Snake, kind of the glam rock punk kind of mashup. And I always just picture men with big hair wearing leather waistcoats, but not particularly like good songwriting, just lots of walls of power chords and stuff. But yeah, like always, always gets a laugh from me. And the fact that it kind of comes back later as a gag that it's, it's the name of the dog. But the main kind of B plot of this episode, which we cut back to after the reference to White Snake, I don't know if you want to kind of talk us through the, the Daphne and Bulldog kind of B plot here in the limo. Okay, so the B plot is amazing. So we get Daphne and Bulldog in a limo together. Bulldog's trying to get lucky to phrase. <laughs> Uh, to phrase Niles from last week, I think. He is indeed. Um, and Daphne is drunk and does not give a damn at all. She's taking the <laughs> mick out of Bulldog. She's having a go at people in other cars. I love drunk Daphne. Absolutely. I'd have loved to have seen a lot more drunk Daphne. I think she's absolutely yeah, fantastic. Do we, do we see her at any point in other episodes as drunk as this? I can't think of many times we see her, or any of the characters drunk, but her in particular. I don't recall seeing her like this again. No. Which is, this, I say, I really, really like this. Just the way that she's she's taking, the, she's insulting Bulldog, then she realises she's insulting him and laughs at the fact she's insulting him. I just absolutely yeah, she just doubles that. down. Like I've, I've kind of made a note, she's burning him with joy about his height that's always something that comes back with bulldog i mean asking you as a man key because height comes up a lot like you're not a small guy does height ever you know do you ever feel like height is important to you if you could change any physical attributes like bulldog presumably would does height figure that into you because height like always comes top of like polls for men about what they're most insecure about and i just wondered like have you ever thought about height in that kind of sense um i'm a good are you a bulldog of the world i quite like just... my height because i'm about six foot six one so i feel oh, okay. that so someone once told me that i was their ideal height and i was like wow okay, well, was this you. a good girl like in a romantic sense oh uh, no it was a guy who just was a <laughs> 
still a bit in a romantic sense. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know that. But no, that's yeah. I, I'm the same as you. I think I'm six one, so I'm pretty. I'm pretty content with that. But I mean, most. I know my my friendship group really, which obviously is your friendship group as well, is um pretty much split down the middle about people who are like either my height or are slightly smaller. But yes, yeah, some people get really pent up about height and stuff, and they just think you know. They're a bigger fish to fry here. Don't be a bulldog in the world. Just <laughs> embrace the attributes you have. I mean, I bulldog being pulled out of the limo at this point is the physical acting from Dan Butler here is incredible. And also just wouldn't be as funny if he was taller. Like the fact he's small and he's getting yanked out by his legs. I just think this is this is just a brilliant scene. Yeah, I mean, what I'll say about this, one, I love the I love how nervous Bulldog is getting and in comparison to Daphne just not giving a damn at all. <laughs> Um, and then, as you say, the physical comedy from Dan is fantastic. For me, I'm not sure if this is just me. I think watching this that Dan was struggling not to laugh. Yeah, um, sometimes you can really see like the corpse thing is so close to just taking over. Like, yeah, yeah I, I feel like he's, you just sort of see his mouth twitching a few times. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like... Bulldog has. I've noticed as well. Just his ge- generally like Dan Butler's facial acting. He has like a I, maybe he is genuinely smiling or laughing, but he always looks the most natural to me when he's laughing or smiling which I think is maybe because he always is in the scenes we see him in uh, other than when he's like depressed about Roz or that that golfer woman um, but yeah I just think we see Dan Butler kind of smiling and laughing a lot more than other characters I just think he's really good at doing that it always looks really natural and realistic yeah and just oh it, it's a really wonderful I actually I absolutely love this scene and I'd forgotten about this scene actually coming into it and it's just it's really it's just, I could watch it over and over. I, oh, God, I love the, the thank you Pitbull from Daphne, which is just even funnier now, knowing the fact that we have Mr. Worldwide himself, the musician Pitbull, uh, who kind of the, oh, I don't think he's a maligned rapper. I don't, Pitbull was big a, a long time ago, like I feel like 10, 10 years ago was his, was his heyday, maybe even longer than that. But just the fact that he's kind of very memeable, he crops up in a lot of memes. Just hearing, his, hearing Pitbull in any capacity now, I just think this makes this long even funnier the fact that she the fact that she gets his name wrong anyway is funny bulldog <laughs> green people um but yeah fantastic so i kind of the last kind of last kind of bullet points i've got here we've we've touched on a little bit so i don't repeat myself mainly about chekhov's cookie dough about uh, the fact she lets renata go down i actually tell a lie that my favorite line of the episode was the mosaic line because i actually have a favorite that comes at the end of this episode which is when christina basically says to frazier does it look like I've got a tattoo. She bares her shoulders. She's wearing a really stunning dress. And Fraser just says, No. But then my eyes are tearing up. I just think Kelsey's line, he kind of goes from, you know, he's being really masculine and like laying down the gauntlet saying, You're a bad mom. This is what she's told me. To just now becoming this real blubbering, effeminate wreck. I just think this is a brilliant line. On the line of, on the theme of changing our lives, I also feel very tempted to change mine. I absolutely do it, do it. love the way Fraser says to it, I think. Uh, now that I know a bit more about you, well, suddenly you don't look so good, sister. <laughs> the delivery is just absolutely magnificent, and it's just it's phenomenal. It, it's something Kelsey. I've only ever known Kelsey Grammer to do. Just the way he gets his voice, just, I can't even describe it. Just yeah, like he so... goes like when, like when he's imitating Doctor Mary or kind of speaking quote unquote ghetto, as he would inevitably call it in his in his white world. But yeah, like he just, he can turn it on like that. He can be masculine, he can be effeminate, he can be, you know, camp. He can be kind of really kind of, you know, sullen and and kind of to the point. 
and just yeah, just absolutely brilliant. I know kind of just just all of that culminates in a great conclusion. And I just think this episode is really, really strong. Um, just from front to back, A plot, B plot, all really good. Lots of great stuff from the supporting characters as well. A particularly bulldog, as we've said. Is this in your top ten, Key? It is not in my top ten, no. It's not in mine either, but I do hate saying that after we've we've given a good review. I mean, there's not going to be many negative reviews we give. The, the purpose of this podcast is set up to celebrate the TV show. Um, there are going to be episodes we probably don't think of as, as great as others, but it does it does hurt me to, to love an episode and not have it in my top ten. But I mean, we end with a fantastic... Oh, sorry, you go, you go. Sorry, one thing I was going to say is, do you... Would you do you agree with Christina's sort of righteous anger at the end that she you know she leaves Fraser she's furious that he's you know had a go at her a little bit? Do you agree with that? Because if I was in Christina's shoes, I'd be delighted that someone cared about my daughter that much that they were willing to forego you know clearly what they want a date with a beautiful woman to protect yeah. my daughter's interests. I comp- I think you just hit the nail on the head, and I, I I don't I didn't really think about this when I was watching it the first time round. You you always kind of say these things and then bring like a new interpretation to bear, which I thank you very much for doing. Key, you're a very insightful man. Um, but yeah, no, I completely I completely agree. Like I think the moral of this episode is that we are meant to think, oh, Fraser, you've ballsed up her. She's actually great. But really, like, yeah, if you were Christina, here he is listening to your child being manipulated by your child so her anger is being deferred here it should so be a, a, a renata rather than than fraser but yeah like fraser completely he clearly cares about the, her, her daughter he cares about renata and i just think this they i don't want to say they write this wrong because the writing's really good this is a really good episode but yeah i do think the more you break it down it's not realistic at all i mean and that's a stupid stick to beat a sitcom with because they're not realistic but no i I agree with you and i'm assuming because you asked the question that you you also think that yeah i just if i was in christina's shoes i would respect fraser more for the fact mm. that he's he stood up for my daughter i would think he's maybe a bit naive and doesn't understand kids that much yeah but which i think I would is respect fair like yeah you know that's person. he says that you know my my experience is more in adult relations to which she responds you won't, you won't be having be any of those tonight which is a fantastic line one of the best kind of closing lines of the episodes um that we've, that we've looked at so far can you tell me what the title is a reference to key can't buy me love um well i mean i know it as the beatles song that is what i was looking for can yeah. you tell me what album it was on a bit cheeky um, of me but i'm gonna ask not a clue <laughs> i'm not even glad to get close i don't I'm, I'm not one of these people who knows album titles at all oh kieran you I disgust just, me i am very much an album man <laughs> it's uh it's off a hard day's night which obviously is a it's a pretty famous um album song film so uh yeah but can't buy me love i mean uh, there might be there might be other uh other references going on there but i think we're pretty much meant to take it as the beatles one before we kind of wrap up and do kind of listener mail um the fan mail we've got a few kind of comments on the reddit that i want to read out and talk about today are you ready for whose crane is it anyway okay i am very ready for it well okay the quote this week is just two words and it is kind of early kind of early who says kind of early oh okay have a little Um, i'm gonna sip my tea here my decaf tea. Kinda early. Okay, my oh. first thought is that maybe it's to do with the, the bachelor auction. Mm-hmm. And maybe someone's saying, Oh, it, it got crazy kinda early or um Yeah. They've because I'm I know that they're throwing um clothing on the stage. I remember hearing that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that line. I'm gonna say it is Martin and it's mm-hmm. to do with the bachelor auction. Kieran, 
it is Martin, so you have won the yes. point this week, but it is not for the reason you thought it was. <laughs> he says it to Niles when Niles arrives at the house right at the beginning of the episode with the champagne. Oh, he does. Um, yeah. He just well, says, oh, Niles, kind of early. Um, so, yeah, just obviously the gag is great that Niles just always comes to the house. He seems to try and get there when Frazier's not there so that he can kind of have Daphne to himself a little bit. Uh, I just think even in a even Martin questioning, oh, kind of early, he's kind of implying that that, you know, Niles, what are you doing? You're always here really early. But yeah, well played. Yeah. Have you got any kind of, any final thoughts about this episode before we, uh, I read out some of the Reddit posts? Uh, one thing I will just, I've literally got it in front of me now. I, I googled the actress who plays Christina. Yes. And she is in another episode, which I've completely forgotten about. Oh my god, so have I. Can yeah. you give me a clue so I can try and work it out who she is? It has got part two in the title of the episode. <sighs> Part, if that is any help at all. Agents in America, but I think that might be part three. Um, the oh my god, she's in another episode. How I, I don't remember it at all. Not, I can't believe that you're gonna have to tell me because I'm so excited to hear. Okay, well, according to Wikipedia, in the season nine episode, Don Juan in Hell, part two. Oh, oh, that's uh. The, the one where he sees all of his ex-girlfriends in the doorway. Yes. And um, they collect all of the, the yeah, and they're like, Honey Snow is there, uh, Regan is there. So, yeah, quite a few. So she, I, I remember seeing a screenshot recently, actually, of that segment, and she, she appears in, in that in that segment. Pretty nuts that, like, nine seasons later, they get her back just for that. Like, I'd be very surprised if anyone watching that episode saw her in that moment, in that frame of the door, and thought, oh, my God, that's Christina from episode 13 or 14. Like, nuts. Absolutely nuts. No, good fact, Key. Well played. A couple of things to read from the Reddit. Uh, we'll go back to Corey, our quiz master for this week, Mr. Chief Knight. He told us very kindly what creamed corn was, which we talked about last week. Obviously, I could have just Googled this and was doing that at the time, but it's way more fun to let Americans tell us what creamed corn is. So I'm going to read out I'm going to read out what he put here. And I could try to explain creamed corn, which is kind of like a corn stew, which you usually get from a can when it doesn't taste good. But when made fresh with care, it can be tasty, but better to just let Wikipedia explain it more elegantly. Eloquently, and then he kind of he pasted something from uh, from from Wiki, but yeah, essentially originates in Native American cuisine, and it's now commonly eaten in the Midwest and the South as well. I've got to be honest, looking at it online, don't think I'm going to like creamed corn. I barely Dude. like sweet corn. And oh, I quite like sweet corn actually. Oh, so you reckon creamed corn could be could be up your alley? No, <laughs> I'm looking at it. It just it looks like they've ruined some perfectly good sweet corn to me. What it looks like, hey, when I look at that picture is I remember coming around to your house when I was a very wee lad, and obviously we were both wee lads, and we used to have scrambled egg for yes. breakfast, um, or at least you did. And you used to have a bowl of scrambled egg, and you would put ketchup on the top, and then you would stir it all together until it was basically a pink bowl of essentially like angel delight tubby custard stuff and it just always looked absolutely horrible to me that is what the creamed corn reminds me of genuinely right or whenever i eat egg i can still see the look of disgust on your face (laughs) from that day i remember it vividly Honestly, phenomenal. Uh, we also had someone. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna use her name just because I haven't asked permission. Um, I'll just call her T. T commented on the Fraser on the Fraser uh, 
post that I the, the, the podcast post that I put on Fraser Fan Club on Facebook. And she just said that she'd been listening to every episode so far, which is lovely to hear from her. She also asked if we had a Facebook or a Twitter. So I've, I've sent her in the direction of the Twitter so she can kind of keep up to date with with new posts. But I also told her Reddit is where we we do all of our, our kind of Q&As and uh, that kind of thing. So but she also said she was she was glad to hear that because she was wondering if we'd found out what creamed corn was and who would tell us what creamed corn was. So we had a few people looking out for us when it comes to creamed corn. On. Um, another user, MS State PSH, just put good as always. Thank you. So very, very nice to hear from them as well. I think all in all, I think that's all of the correspondence today. But yeah, really good stuff. Key, have you got any kind of closing remarks? Both of us are in the same sort of mindset that we really want to have that dialogue with with listeners yeah, and really have time. that sort of close relationship. So it's great to, that people are commenting and, and listening, and it's fantastic. I think we've got a, like, a little, a kind of little cluster now of regular listeners, which is just exactly what we wanted. If there's one, if there's two, if there's three, it all kind of means the same to us. Um, and anyone kind of commenting on these threads, you know, we want to read your comments out because it's it's nice to know there's it's not just me and you speaking into the void. But yeah, really good stuff. Next week we'll be looking at season one, episode fifteen. You can't tell a crook by his cover, which is when Martin is hosting a card game. One of the one of the people coming to the card game has previously been in prison. Fraser has to try and work out which one it is. I think this is a really good episode. So I'm excited for that one. Do you have any kind of any comments looking ahead to that one? I mean, looking at the episode title, I can immediately remember the episode, which is always a good sign. So yeah, I think I'm so. looking forward to it. Yeah, it's a really good one. Um, but other than that, I've been Will. I've been Key. And thank you very much for listening to We're Listening. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Well, maybe, but I got you pegged. Ha. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrams.